Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Wednesday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, Tuesday night at Staples Center. It was the Suns versus the Lakers. Uh, the Phoenix, arguably the best team in the league against a broken down and beat up Lakers squad. It was a game where nothing had to give and it didn't. The Lakers lose by 18. Plus, is the Christmas Day game in peril? We'll discuss all of that and more on Locked on Lakers. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank everybody for making Locked On Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Friday. We get this thing up early for you, no matter where you are, uh, what you're doing, when you listen to your first podcast of every day, even if it's in the wee hours of the morning, Locked On Lakers is there for you. Um, Make another Locked On Podcast your second. That's fine. Just make us your first. Um, so, lots we want to get into over the course of the show, including the Christmas Day games in peril. Uh, David, uh, David Silver, David Stern, Adam Silver. Adam Silver. David Silver was 90210. <laughs> That's true. Um, too many. Too many combinations yeah. there. <laughs> he had an eyebrow like vanilla ice. Yes, and who knows, might have made a bang-up NBA commissioner one day had the show lasted that long. So um, Adam Silver tells Malika Andrews of ESPN that the league is not going to be pausing necessarily uh, or stopping play, but uh, also reporting out there on Tuesday that uh, the games, the schedule could move around a little bit, games could be postponed and all that kind of stuff. Everybody stay ready. So we'll get to that. But first, let's talk about Tuesday's game, Andy. One of the last days we'll be able to say the Lakers lose at Staples Center, 108-90 to uh, to the Phoenix Suns. You know, this is, to me, I just, I kind of, I, I watched this game and I just sort of shrugged. It's like the Lakers played hard. They did what they could. They tried. And Phoenix, under normal circumstances this season, has been way better. And certainly under the circumstances of this game, the result was not a surprise. The Lakers demonstrated in this game, among many things, just how small to non-existent their margin for error is, Brian. Because yep. in the first half of this game, I thought they actually played all things considered very well, You know, taking into account that they're shorthanded. They just get back Taylor Horton Tucker. Trevor Reese is still getting back into the fold. The guys that aren't available, including Frank Vogel, David Fisdale coaching, Phoenix just being a better team than them, period. Mm -hmm. um, they played a very good first half, and it was interesting. In About halfway through the third quarter, I tweeted out at Cam Brothers that among the reasons the Lakers were able to stay in this game despite a bunch of different pushes from Phoenix was that to that point, with about three minutes left in the third quarter, they'd only turn the ball over five times. In the next eight minutes, they turned the ball over five times. All teams, even great teams, will go through a barrage of really stupid turnovers, but the Lakers are in a place right now where they just cannot have anything like that happen at all. And we, you know, we saw that last Sunday against Chicago, yeah. like they played even with mistakes that they had well enough that they could have won that game, but they are not in a position where really they can afford to make mistakes. Like you're going to make some because every team does, but unfortunately theirs are going to hurt more than a lot of other teams they play because of the situation that they're in. And I think, you know, if you want an example of that, like you know, the difference in margin for error, and again, none of this is surprising. Phoenix 
with Anthony Davis, if the Lakers had AD, if they had their full complement of players, at least the ones that they've had throughout the season, I would still think Phoenix would probably win this game because they've been way better than the Lakers over the course of the year. But, you know, you know, I think a great example of, of what you're talking about there in terms of margin for error, the Suns, part of the reason the game was a two-point game at halftime was that Phoenix missed all but three, I believe, of their uh, first half three-pointers. I want to say they were three for 22 uh, in the first half, which is bad. Um, it was something like that. And, you know, they they can do that. <laughs> Like they can do that and still be winning at, at at the half, and obviously the Lakers cannot. And you go through, uh, you know, the, you go through the performances. LeBron was thirteen of nineteen, six of six from the from the free throw line. He only took five three pointers, so fourteen of those shots were, you know, he was playing downhill. He was attacking the rim. Uh, he was doing all that stuff. Um, you know, so for thirty four points there, and you know Westbrook. 10 of 20, um, he had 10 rebounds, he had five assists, and until those turnovers played a pretty tight game, I thought, those guys played pretty well. It's You look down at the rest of the team that the Lakers have available to them. THT gets back in the lineup. Um, you're talking about Isaiah Thomas. You're talking about Carmelo Anthony who gets tossed uh, from the game and all this stuff. It's like you look at like who is their third best player? And, you know, if you settle on THT, if you settle on Isaiah Thomas, well, those guys together were combined two of 24. Like, th this team can't afford two of 24 from two players. I mean, that the offense isn't that good. <laughs> to be, no. I mean, no, like, they, that's just not going to get her done. They are just going to have to tighten things up as much as they possibly can over 48 minutes in ways that I think a lot of these guys, even ones who have played on championship caliber teams, just they're not used to having to make everything so damn near perfect because otherwise you don't survive. David Fisdale was asked after the game, like, are, you know, as you try to, you know, figure out what's happening with these lineups and they're constantly shifting and all this, like, what can you draw or plan around or do off of these games? And he kind of laughed. It's and like, you don't want to be in a situation where you feel like the answer is, I don't know, you know, just sort of throw up your hands because the coaching staff's not doing that. Um, but at the same time, it is really difficult to try to draw conclusions or game plan or figure out what's to come. But I, you know, it, it, what do you do? Like how, like against in this particular game, because and I, in the next segment, I want to talk about what's coming because I think that's really important. But in a game like this, I, you know, you, you go, you play as hard as you can. And I think that for th this game for them is probably much easier to shrug off than many of the games that they've lost over the course of the season, you know, angry and disappointed and frustrated as they, they may be. I just feel like this is an easy one to let go. Well, it's it's an easy one to let go if you believe that the positives from this game, like the way they played in the first half and for, I think, some of the third quarter, like if you believe that those things are sustainable moving forward, then yeah, you could put together some wins even in this condition. But again, they just, they just have to hold themselves to a standard of any mistakes 
that are avoidable. We just have to avoid them. Like whether you're yeah. talking about bad turnovers, whether you're talking about uh, bad shot selection, whether you're talking about rotations that you know you should make and you don't, whether you're talking about Carmelo Anthony, who even on that second technical had a right to complain because he got fouled pretty egregiously by, I believe it was Jay Crowder on a jump shot. Melo has to know, right. I've already got one technical. My team is going to be fighting its ass off to try to win this game. I just have to shut the bleep up like you just got to eat it. Um, all right, let's let's talk about what's coming because uh, the the talent gap changes depending on who the Lakers are playing. Lakers versus Suns, like I said, for me at least, Andy, easy to throw this one away because I had low expectations for this game going in. But um, this is also probably the least significant game the Lakers are going to be playing over the next week and a half. Uh, let's talk about that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Calm. You want to know what makes LeBron James King James? Sleep. That's right. Sleep is his superpower. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you activate the power of sleep. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, but you don't need to be a world champion to learn how to train it. Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, you reduce your stress, you perform at your best, just like LeBron James. So head to calm.com slash Locked on NBA for a limited time, you get 40% off a calm premium subscription. You get access to the nature scenes that LeBron loves, like rain on leaves, which actually really is it's a relaxing really very sound. calming. It is. It, it's quite pleasant. Uh, sleep stories, meditation, so you can be ready for any challenges that life throws your way. Again, limited time. Our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm, getting a 40% discount on a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash Locked on NBA. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash locked on NBA. That's calm.com slash locked on NBA. Um, so Andy Russell Westbrook was asked after the game by David McMenamin of ESPN, like just the kind of about the mindset. Um, the Lakers 32 games in uh have the are at 500 as dave mm -hmm. pointed out they have the same record now as they did at the start of the season same winning percentage i should say uh at, at the start of the season as they do now um that is not obviously where the lakers want to be the loss pushes them into seventh uh in the conference which is obviously you know below the play-in line they are you know three games away from 10th um so they're three games away from memphis and fourth but they're also three games away from sacramento and in 10th, Portland and Sacramento actually tied for 10th and 11th. Um, San Antonio now 12 and 18 um, through Tuesday's games. So the Lakers are kind of in a danger zone. I think it's it's fair to say. Um, and Westbrook, you know, kind of answered optimistically. It's like, look, we haven't been together all season. We all know that we can be so much better than we have been. Uh, but there's a lot to look forward to. And I guess that's that's a good way of looking at it in terms from a from a mentality standpoint. Um, but you know, and I I said after the 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 what was the last game they played the Chicago, Chicago game that you know it's gonna be hard for the Lakers to expect to win a lot without Davis and missing a bunch of guys, but with LeBron and and Westbrook at least in theory you have enough talent to compete. I don't think that necessarily applies to a game against the Suns. Um, because Phoenix is so good and has been so much better than pretty much everybody this season. But I do think it makes the next few games incredibly important. They see San Antonio on Thursday. The Spurs are actually played quite well. Um, 
but are still six games under 500 overall. They played well over the last 13 games. I think they're eight and five. Just to, they just throttled the Clippers on on uh, Monday. It was. Then they get a, a depleted Nets team on Christmas, maybe. Then they get the Rockets, you know, the Grizzlies. Okay, on the road, maybe you chalk that one up as a as a game you don't win. You get the Blazers on New Year's Eve, and you have the Timberwolves on January second. These are teams that they can compete against with LeBron and Westbrook, and they're also teams that are chasing them in the playoff standings in you know Minnesota. And you know San Antonio and Portland. That if they lose those games, they're losing serious ground in the Western Conference. Well, if you're looking for things that you can be optimistic from this loss, you know, no matter if you chalk it up as something that was disappointing, you know, just because of the way it ended up winding down, or like you were saying, so in some respects, just sort of, uh, you know, a penciled-in loss. Trevor Ariza in his second game back looked a lot better. Played 21 yeah. minutes. He had 12 points on 4-4 shooting. Hit all three of the shots he took from three-point range. Had five rebounds, two steals. And, you know, beyond the fact that he, his presence alone just gives them more of an ability to go smaller the way they're now forced to do and to play these lineups either with LeBron at center or if you're looking to get LeBron off the floor a little bit but you don't want to have to go with DeAndre Jordan or Dwight Howard who didn't play in this game, uh, by the way, uh, his first game back, it wasn't clarified why. Um, I reached out to uh, a fellow uh, Lakers media guy, and I, I was wondering if uh, it was due to Dwight conditioning issues as opposed to just David Fisdale uh, wanting to start DeAndre. This uh, David Fisdale, DeAndre is David Fisdale's Avery Bradley. Well, that would be a fireable offense. <laughs> um, just like if that's just the. And I don't even mean that as much of a shot against Avery Bradley as it just would be a bad, that's a bad leg to stand on. But uh, this person that I reached out to thought for whatever it's worth, that it was more of a conditioning thing and that yeah. Dwight would end up starting the next game against San Antonio, but we'll see. But, you know, beyond the fact that Trevor just unlocks more options just by literally being, you know, a, he is a physical type that they need. They need a guy who's like six, seven, six, eight, a true wing. You watch Trevor out there, and you know. Granted, I don't know exactly every single thing that's supposed to be happening on every single possession in terms of rotations and stuff like that. But he rarely looks like he went to the wrong place. You know what I mean? Oh, like no, when there's yeah, when is, there's decisions he, yeah, to be made. Absolutely. You know, you you never see Trevor ending up in the same spot as somebody else that like wasn't a double. Like he always seems to understand exactly where you're supposed to be going. And they just need more guys like that, period. So sure. if you're looking for something positive to take from this game at all, or whatever it means to you, uh, Trevor looked better, and you're seeing signs of how he can help. That That is all encouraging. And so it's like, okay, but that's not going to be enough against Phoenix, especially when THT, Isaiah Thomas, we talked about that you know earlier, Andy, that 2 of 24 figure. The Lakers are really in a spot where they need excellent performances from LeBron. Uh, and and ideally Westbrook as well, and they got about one and a half way there. I mean, I thought LeBron yeah. was really good on uh, on Tuesday, and Westbrook up until you know those late turnovers, I thought played very solidly. And then it's going to have to be, and who mm -hmm. is going to give them like a a really good performance? Um, you know, whether it's keeping you know, and then you know, all, overall, you know, defensively. 
they have to hold their integrity as a group. But it's got to be, you know, I I think it's really there's gonna be a lot of attention on THT. Like training wheels got to come off, man. Like you, <sighs> they they cannot have anything like this um, going forward. It's not necessarily fair, but until you know Malik Monk or someone like that is cleared, and there's somebody else you can look at who can maybe free up some offense here because Lakers scored what is that 48 points in the second half i mean they're just they're not good uh, you know offensively they need better well, from from certain members of the supporting cast and you know right now of the guys who are on the roster and available Taylor Horton Tucker is where i would shine the spotlight and be like dude it's got to be now yeah be. i mean for what it's worth, um, THT said after the game that he was really feeling it from being absolutely you know, away absolutely. from basketball, like that conditioning was an issue for him. Like he he said that during this period, he basically did not leave his house. Like he said that going basically going to this game was the first time he'd been outside since uh, getting put in the protocols. He said he didn't really do anything other than just watch. You know, a ton of movies. They're really not. They, they're they are not allowed to work out. Like that's right. part of the the rule when you're in the right. quarantine. Right. Just so so people really understand this. Like you know, he he said like it was getting his legs back under him and getting his mm -hmm. wind back under him, his breathing and all that stuff. Like, and he wasn't saying this in a way that was like making excuses. He just no. It's really explaining very matter of fact. I'm not trying to crush the guy in his no know, no i'm just about, i'm just providing the, the content right sure all. and i and and that that is your your right to do it I'm just saying like when you go into thursday's game when they go into saturday's game and all that stuff like th that that they the anybody who's capable of putting up a, a decent performance because you can't rely on Trevor no tht's got to do some extra time on the treadmill or whatever right, you like, can't, i mean they need ready for thursday yeah you can't you can't look at wayne ellings it's like Hopefully, guys like Monk get back in the lineup because I think you know, good, good lord, they could use that. Um, Austin Reeves being back could be helpful. Austin Reeves would be a available. huge help. But like you know, as as good of a story as Isaiah Thomas is, I'm not. I, I think anything you get out of him is sort of found money until he establish reestablishes himself solidly um, as a player. Just like that, who is the third best player on the Lakers? Was a really hard question or fourth best player, you know, with after the big three. Who's the next best player? They're down to two. So, who is the next best player after the stars on the Lakers was a really hard question to answer going into the season. It's even harder now, but it's even more important um, because if the Lakers are going to tread water, if they're, you know, going to make something out of this stretch, the games that are coming up against the lesser teams are far more important than the ones against the elite teams. Let's talk about the uh, the potential for disruption over the weekend on Christmas and what might be coming. Adam Silver says there will be no cancellations uh, or postponement of the season, but that doesn't mean there won't be uh, potential disruption. We'll talk about it next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered for this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the college bowl season and Pro football playoffs. Bet online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website, use your mobile device, sign up today, receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to receive that bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the twenty twenty one season. Bet online is the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. So don't wait. 
to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. Bet online where the games start. Andy Locked on Lakers is also brought to you by Built Bar. Uh, it's the holiday season. Grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, even better than a candy bar. It's Built Bar. It's filled with so much holiday goodness, with so much decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but it also amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, high in protein. So you get the best of both worlds. It's delicious and it's healthy, and it's got tons of flavors. So many things you'll have a hard time choosing. You can have the raspberry, you can have the mint brownie, the cherry, or the double chocolate the cookies and cream or the peanut butter brownie i'm allergic to peanuts that makes that particular decision much easier for me but for you it'll be more complicated built bar gives you all the extra fuel you need to get through the holiday season to bust down the mall doors right before christmas to get those post christmas sales if you're out there or even type real fast if you're just doing online shopping so uh because it's a season of peace and love, don't bring up your favorite Built Bar at any family parties. People are passionate about them. They'll fight, and it can ruin everything. So go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Again, that's the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off at Built.com. Really quick, just to make sure it was clarified, uh, LeBron said after this game, because you know he hurt his ankle uh, stepping on Jay Crowder's foot, that he does not expect to miss any time. He said he will be ready for the next game. He also said, uh, just because this is an interesting question in terms of playing so much center right now, he said in terms of any type of physical toll, doesn't matter to him one way or the other. Like he just, his job is his job. And if he's playing center, that's his job. And he doesn't really see it as a particularly taxing thing or something that needs to be worried about in terms of his vis-a-vis -vis like his, his minutes because his minutes are getting so much attention right, right exactly like his minutes are something to be concerned about but not because he's playing center you know he didn't say anything about his minutes but right, I'm i wouldn't expect i wouldn't have expected him to say anything different uh, no even but if he thought they were way more exhausting i wouldn't expect him to say so no but but it is just it's i mean given the fact that we have heard Anthony Davis put out that preference of not wanting to play center in the first place and the idea of always being, you know, the physical wear and tear. So thought it was interesting to hear LeBron say, like, look, it's fine. And oh, I, sure, I don't mean I'm that. Sure, as I'm sure Lakers fans will make that that connection. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I just I thought it was interesting though, because it was the first time I'd heard him talk about the actual mm -hmm. physical toll of playing center, or I yeah. guess from his I mean, perspective, it, it, lack it, thereof. It depends, I think, a lot on the matchups and who who, who they're playing sure. and, and all that stuff. But I just I wouldn't expect him to say otherwise. Um, I it just, mm -hmm. I, I think that the problem with LeBron is just, you know, 13 of 19 from the floor. He only played 34 minutes, but there's 34 minutes of a lot of work. Um, sure. And just, you know, again, to see him put out that kind of effort in another losing game where, you know, you just feel like he is a finite resource now. And the amount of, of, of that resource that they're going to have to use up while Davis is out to try to maintain, not even gain ground, just maintain their level is going to be really frustrating and really uh, worrisome, I think, for Lakers fans. Um, anyway, so Adam Silver says that the league is not going to be pausing. Um, they're going to keep trying to play the games. They've done a bunch of things this week, loosening up roster rules, demanding teams sign guys, uh, creating roster spots and all that kind of stuff if players go into their COVID protocols. Um, but that doesn't mean that the games on Saturday might uh, end up postponed. Um, Brooklyn has already had some games postponed and um, 
don't know quite yet who they're going to have available going in. This stuff changes very quickly. The larger question, I think, Andy, really is, should the NBA be considering a pause? Um, I, 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 well, you answer first. What do you think? For the time being, I don't think so. I mean, obviously things can get worse. And I thought it was interesting that Adam Silver pointed out that the overwhelming majority of players who have tested positive have been testing positive specifically for Omicron, that variant, as opposed to, say, Delta or I don't know what the what the original flavor of COVID was. But, you know, back in the day, the 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 variants that were considered <laughs> it looked like an like an original, like an iPod. <laughs> it's not even like <laughs> right, right. It's got like, just like know, the thing in the middle that you like the original through. Cheerios, but, you know, before you get the honey nut or like right. the apple cinnamon or the chocolate or whatever, you know, and that's important to point out um, just because. Obviously, the Omicron variant is serious and its transmissibility is extremely high, but it's it's more serious in terms of an overarching, what the hell do we do about this? How do we finally get all these variants under control as opposed to at least what we know so far? What? Yes, the, the, it is in terms of the immediate danger of contracting it. If you are vaccinated, in particular, if you are vaccinated and boosted, and boosted, but particularly for the just most, even yes, young guys vaccinated, yes, which all yes. almost all of these guys are, and it, right. that to me is is is, and it's you know, sports are the gateway in a lot of ways for this larger COVID conversation. Um, no question, like I, there are a lot of people who believe like. COVID really began when Rudy Gobert tested positive and, and the NBA shut down. Yeah. Um, you know, it's right in line with Tom Hanks, <laughs> you know, and Same like those day. two, yeah, those two things kind of like made it real for everyone, regardless of where you are in, in your, in your hobbies. And it, but, but it's important to understand, I think to me that the world is very different. Um, that was a world where we knew even less than we know now, despite all the unknowns. Um, it, but it was a, it was a world without vaccines. It was a world without uh, more treatments and all these other things. And that these players are un, are vaccinated. Many some many of them are boosted. Not all of them, but many are boosted. And that most of them are. They not. estimated about sixty five percent are boosted. Yeah, many of most of the players are not getting seriously ill i mean yeah. joel Embiid, Jakob Pertl, there are examples um it shows that the vaccines and those things are working they are working as intended it just shows too sports aren't built for this sort of thing and the nba like the nfl is trying to figure out how do we play games in a world where covid is in endemic going forward because they can't stop every time this is going to happen if covid is going to be something that returns like the seasonal flu and there's a new variant and and all that stuff but at the same time you got to you got to make sure you are protecting players protecting athletes um maybe even from themselves to the best that you can i just don't know what you accomplish by stopping because the risk, the serious risk to players seems to be low. In um, terms of what we know. In terms, terms of, of what, what we, we know. know. Right. And that's all, you know. It's you know, all you can go. And, and it doesn't appear that a week and a half pause 
two week pause or whatever would necessarily oh, solve the problem. I don't think it would do jack to be I honest. Mean, even if even if guys stayed sort of distanced from people and all that kind of stuff, the minute everybody gets back together, it's like it seems like it would just start spreading again. Yeah. I mean, for all the reasons that you know are suspected for these spikes that we're going through right now, weather getting colder, holiday seasons, kids out of school, families getting together, stuff like that. Like, I think you would have to, if you really wanted to try to do this effectively, again, this is me just trying to do guesswork based off what I know, but, or what I, what I seem to understand. I think you'd have to pause till at least like mid January, maybe longer, maybe later. Like to, I don't, yeah. Like to let it I, completely, like idea, I don't know, but, but the idea of a week, doesn't seem like it would do anything. That's just it's rearranging cosmetic. the deck chairs. It's completely cosmetic. And it's, yeah. I, it, it, sports are doing what we're all doing, which is trying to figure out how, how do, what is normal? What does normal look like now? What does safe look like now? What is the risk, you know, rate that we are uh, willing to accept, whether that's to go to the, the movie theater to see Spider-Man or to, uh, go watch an NBA game or to stage NBA games or to play in NBA games if yeah. you happen to be that lucky. And it, it's it's a it's kind of a fascinating thing to deal with. But I I don't think the players want to stop either. They don't no. want to start, they don't want to get back into the, the thing that's, that they were doing before. Um if I were an athlete, I'd certainly want to learn as much as possible what it means. Um, you know, they had part of the reasons testing has spiked or the, the, the cases spikes because they started testing a lot more. If you, you know, I think it was the NFL said they were going to stop testing asymptomatic, um, people who are vaccinated. And if that happens, you are going to have people playing with COVID. Um, I would want to know as an athlete, what that risk might be if I'm asymptomatic, but I have COVID and I go through a week of football practices, could that do something to me? I don't know. I'd want to know. I, I don't honestly, I mean, the scariest thing, I guess, for an athlete would be, I don't think anybody knows. Like the answer might be sure. whoever you, from whoever you go to, the answer may just be, we're not right. sure. And, and obviously, you know, both of us are trying to be very careful about how we even talk about these things because there are so many things that we don't no. know. But and I just, if, for people who haven't been with us, you know, going back to our older shows or ESPN, like from the beginning of the pandemic, Brian and I are both people who've taken this very seriously. We take it you know, very we, seriously. I we think in favor we, of the original shutdowns, all that stuff. All like that we, stuff. We've taken this stuff very right. seriously. We've encouraged people to follow the science, do the vaccinations, do the things you're supposed Err, to do. You're erring on the side of caution, yes, even exactly. while you know also not being panic porn. Sure, but I just want to provide either. that sure. context. I appreciate that. I, I don't. This is a monumentally complicated problem, but I, I think the difference between this year and last year, in terms, you know, a year and a half ago, in terms of the reaction that some people have, is I do think it is a mistake, and we can quit here. It's a, I, I just think it's a big mistake to treat this moment as exactly the same as the day Rudy Gobert tested, you know, positive, and they had to shut down the league. It is not the same world. It's not the same virus. It's not that we don't have the same. And at the, you know, the, while things are bad, sort of in the globally, it is it is bad um, and spread is bad and it could get really ugly over the next few weeks. Um, 
that isn't the same as saying that the league should shut down in response because it's about the health and um, of of these players and the risk to these players and the support staff and all that other kind of stuff. And it's just not the same world. And so the NBA is working under different conditions. So if you could say, it is a mistake to me to say, well, they shut down before when there was a lot of spread, they should shut down now. Context matters. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, and don't have to discuss all of it now, but there's also a massive trickle down effect um, in terms of the employment and economics of people, you know, not players on the team, not coaches, not the league itself. There are a lot of, you know, there's a lot of ancillary tentacles, stuff like that. A lot of people get affected from this, which again, doesn't mean you should never shut down. We were both in favor of the first time things shut down, but as you pointed out, Brian, it's different now. So you just, yeah. you have to, at least if nothing else, evaluate the question differently. Um, all right. So uh, over the next few days, probably a little bit more will be coming out about what's happening on Saturday and what won't be, but uh, Thursday's game against San Antonio is suddenly becoming a, a really significant one for the Lakers. Um, they are going to practice on Wednesday. I believe it's their ninth Harrison Fagan at uh, Silver Screen Roll who has been counting them. Maybe we'll have some news coming out of that. Hopefully some good news about player availability and and whatnot. Um, thanks for again for making the uh, Lockdown Lakers your first listen of every day. And uh, we will see everybody Thursday. Thanks.